This is the One Verse Podcast, where we liberate scripture from religion, one verse at a time. Welcome back to the One Verse Podcast. I'm Jeremy Myers, your teacher for this study. We're looking at Genesis 4, 4 and 5 today, where both Cain and Abel bring an offering, and God accepts one and rejects the other. We're going to look at why that is. Have you ever wondered why? You've probably heard sermons on this, or maybe read about it in books. And uh, so, in today's study, we are going to look at some of the theories on why God accepts Abel's offering but rejects Cain's. And uh, then we will seek an answer to that question by looking at, at uh, you know, what we can learn from the text. If you've read my book, The Atonement of God, you probably already know some of what I'm going to share with you in the podcast today. I, I wrote briefly about this whole incident, this event in the book. Uh, if you don't have a copy, you can get it on Amazon. Just go to Amazon, search for The Atonement of God. Or uh, there's a link in the show notes as well. Go to redeeminggod.com slash Genesis 4, 4 and 5. 4 through 5. Uh, I also want to tell you that um, I teach about this concept, especially this concept of sacrifice, in another theology course that I'm preparing for you. If you're a member on my site, redeeminggod.com, there's already one theology course for you available, the Gospel According to Scripture. We look at the definition of the Gospel in the Bible, but I'm also preparing another course where we look at some key words of the Gospel. There's 52 of them that I'm going to be preparing for this course, and one of them is the word sacrifice. Uh, I talk about what's going on here in Genesis 4. I talk about the other sacrifices, sacrificial system in the Bible, what Hebrews teaches us about sacrifice, all sorts of things. And uh, when that course is available, members of the Hope and Love membership level will also be able to take that course for free. So uh, to become a member, just go to redeeminggod.com slash register, select the Hope or Love membership levels, and uh, those two level, levels uh, also get you access to free ebooks and uh, podcast downloads, all sorts of other things. Of course, if you're part of the free membership level, the faith membership level, you can take the first couple lessons in each course for free just to see if they're right for you and if you like learning that way and if you want to learn more. So anyway, go to redeeminggod.com slash register to get started and see what all is there available for you. All right, now let's get on with our study of Genesis 4, 4 and 5. Okay, so in the opening verses of Genesis 4, both Cain and Abel bring an offering to God. Cain brings fruit, and Abel brings a lamb. But in uh, Genesis 4, 4 and 5, we learn that God respects Abel's offering, but does not respect Cain's. Why? There's much speculation, lots of theories, as there is with almost every verse in the Bible, it sometimes seems. And uh, look, I'm going to present my view today, but nobody can really be certain of the answer. Um, I do think the text gives enough clues so that we can be fairly confident 
of why Abel's offering was accepted and Cain's was not. But, you know, consider the evidence and make up your own mind. It's all I do in this podcast anyway. I give you my views, my arguments, and uh, hope that you become a noble Berean and study the scriptures to see if these things are so. All right, so there's three main theories, though, on why God accepted Abel's offering but not Cain's. First, uh, the first theory is that God wants blood, not fruit. Uh, This is actually a very common idea, and the argument is that the reason God accepted Abel's offering instead of Cain's is because God wanted a blood sacrifice, and Cain only brought fruit. Uh, The idea, (laughs) clearly wrong for several reasons. Uh, First, when we get over to the Levitical laws, where God actually starts giving them commands instructions for the offerings that they are to bring. Um, There are numerous instances, yes, where God tells them to bring the blood sacrifice, but there's also numerous instances where God tells them to bring offerings of fruit and grain. So clearly, offerings of fruit and grain are acceptable to God later on. So, you know, why would they not be here? Second, uh, and maybe more importantly, not even Abel brought a blood sacrifice. Uh, many people assume, you've probably seen pictures of this, you know, Abel killed the lamb and offered it up on a burnt offering, but that idea is not found here in the text. Abel's offering of the firstborn from his flock was a live animal offering. He didn't kill it. There's no blood being shed here. Now, that might be contrary to much of what you've heard. Uh, I'll talk about that a little bit uh, more later today, later in this episode, about how we know that to be true. So just hold on on that idea. The point for now, though, is that we cannot say that Cain's offering was rejected by God simply because he brought fruit instead of blood. Uh, Abel's offering wasn't blood either. Both brothers bring the thing that they produced from their work. Cain's a farmer, so he brought fruit. Abel was a shepherd, so he brought sheep or something from his flock. It doesn't even specifically say sheep there. So that's the first theory. God wants blood, not fruit. It's not true. Uh, That is not what's going on here. So uh, secondly, the second theory about why God accepted Abel's offering but not Cain's is that even though God would have been fine with fruit from Cain, the theory is that Cain's fruit was not the best fruit. Or maybe it was not the first fruits of his crop. All right, so according to this idea, while Cain brought an offering, it was not the first of his harvest or the best. Lots of people go over again to the Levitical law, the Mosaic law, and see that when God does tell the people to bring fruit from their crops and wheat and grain, that sort of thing, it's to be the first fruits, their first harvest, the first fruit off the tree, that sort of thing, and the best. Uh, and, and it's sort of a way of thanking God for the harvest that is to come, an anticipation of that. Uh, so the idea here is that the word for first fruits is not found here in Genesis 4. Um, it just, just the word for fruit is used. Peri is, is there, and the, the word first fruit is bikur. And so Cain is thought to have brought not the first fruits. In fact, I've even heard some pastors say, that uh, the fruit Cain brought was, you know, the bottom of the barrel, the, the moldy and bruised type of fruit. 
Uh, I, I think that's going way too far. That's not said anywhere in the text is either, and I don't think Cain is even that foolish. Remember the story that we have, uh, that Cain finds himself in, that we talked about the last two episodes. He's trying to get his family back into God's good graces. He's, he's not going to bring God moldy and damaged and bruised fruit, if, if that was his, his goal. Okay, so uh, the, the text basically doesn't say anything about God's displeasure with the fruit, uh, nor does the text include any instruction prior to this about how God wants the best produce or the first produce or the first harvest, okay? So, look, we can't exactly deny this second theory that the fruit Cain brought wasn't the first fruit, wasn't the best fruit, uh, but it also cannot be proven. The text really just doesn't give us any information one way or the other, nor does the rest of Scripture. Uh, the text does say in verse 5 that Cain became angry, and so this leads people to argue for a third theory about why God did not accept Cain's offering. It really has ultimately to do with Cain's attitude. This is, this is the third theory. It was all about Cain's attitude in bringing the offering. People, people say it was not so much what Cain brought, but how or why he brought it. It was his attitude that was the problem. Uh, after God does not accept Cain's offering, Cain becomes angry. He becomes downcast. And people see this as a sign from the text that there was a problem with Cain's heart. I think this third option gets closest to the truth, but even here we need to ask, you know, what was wrong with Cain's attitude exactly? You know, what did God see in Cain's heart that was the problem. I mean, look, if you and I are going to give God somehow the, the, the fruit of our labor, you know, a tithes and offerings or something like that, I don't know what your practice is on that, but if you're going to do that, you sort of need to know what was wrong with Cain's attitude so that you and I can avoid the same mistakes. So to answer this question, it really might be best to begin with Abel's offering, uh, to, to understand why God respected Abel's offering but not Cain's, we really must first understand why Abel brought an offering and, and what it was that he offered. All right, so let's look at this little side route here to help us understand what's going on here. Why, why did Abel bring an offering to God? Uh, some people, again, there's a couple ideas here. Some people think that it was because Abel was imitating God's sacrifice in Genesis 3. Remember, uh, at the end of Genesis 3, there's this event where God makes clothes uh, for Adam and Eve, and many people think that in that event, God killed an animal, and from the hide of this animal, made clothes for Adam and Eve. Leather clothes or something like that, from its skin. Uh, we saw there in a previous study, the Poet and podcast, that uh, this is not true. God didn't kill an animal there. That the clothes he made for them were linen clothes, and uh, no death was required of any kind. There's no blood found anywhere in the text, no sacrifice, no instructions for sacrifice. And so, therefore, Abel here cannot be imitating God's sacrifice uh, from the end of Genesis 3, because there was no sacrifice in the end of Genesis 3. However, it is true that Abel is imitating. You might recall, as I talk about imitation here, that imitation is one of the fundamental, the, one of the foundational truths taught in Genesis 2, 3, and 4. 
There were six of these, and really up to this point in the text, we've only seen five. There's still one more to go, and the text is leading us up to this event, this sixth fundamental and foundational truth. Anyway, the second foundational truth that we saw way back somewhere in Genesis 2, uh, and then we've seen it over and over and over in Genesis 2 and 3, uh, is that humans were made to imitate. And that's what Abel is doing here. He is imitating, but he's not imitating God. He's imitating his older brother, Cain. Abel sees Cain bring an offering to God, but the offering's of fruit. And so Abel looks around and says, well, Cain brought what he works with. He works with fruit, so he brings fruit. Hmm, I want to imitate that too. He doesn't think through this, I want to imitate, but he says, well, that's a good idea. Uh, I work from the ground, or Cain works from the ground, so he brings the fruit. I work with with uh, the flock, so I'm going to bring something from my flock. I'm going to bring an animal. So, so Abel is imitating his brother Cain. And, and in fact, Genesis 4, 5 says that. It says that Abel also brought an offering. Abel is imitating Cain in bringing an offering to God. Now, God didn't instruct this, command this. They were not told to do this by God. But uh, when Cain brings an offering to God, Abel thought, well, that's a good idea. I'll do it too. Um, Cain's offering, of course, was an attempt to manipulate and control God, be the savior of the family. We've seen that in the previous two episodes. Uh, Abel's offering, however, was simply based on imitation. It was simply out of a generous and thankful heart. So that's why he, he brought God an animal, a firstborn from his flock. And uh, Abel's offering, let's talk about this whole blood sacrifice thing with Abel's offering, as long as we're on the subject. Uh, Look, most people do believe that Abel brought like a firstborn lamb, and he slaughtered it, killed it on an altar, and then offered it up as a burnt offering to God. In fact, if you do a a Google image search, in fact, I'll put one in the, I'll put an image in the show notes for this podcast episode at Genesis, redeeminggod.com slash Genesis 4, 4 through 5. Um, you'll see there's images all over the internet, and you've probably seen them in children's books, maybe, where Cain and Abel are standing there in this lush garden, and Abel, or Cain's got some fruit on this altar, and Abel's got this lamb, which there's blood coming out of it and flames burning it. And this is the picture that people often see here in Genesis 4, Abel offering a blood sacrifice and a burnt offering up to God. But again, just as there's no blood in Genesis 3, there's no blood here in Genesis in this sacrifice, in this offering here. Abel is, he is bringing a firstborn animal from his flock, but he's not killing it. He's not offering a blood sacrifice to God. This was not commanded or instructed by God. All right, so so again, why did they bring what they bring? Well, look, Cain works from the, the ground, and so he brought the produce from the ground. Abel works with the flocks, and so he brought... Uh, the, the produce, the, the, what he produced from his work, from his flocks. Why did they have flocks? Well, they probably had it for the wool from the sheep and probably the milk from the goats. And uh, this is what Abel brought to God. Now, look, uh, remember, that the people, Adam and Eve and his family at this point, they're vegetarians. Humans don't start eating meat until after the flood in Genesis chapter 9. And so uh, a, a dead animal is a useless animal. (laughs) And so for Abel to bring a dead animal to God, that would have been like Cain bringing moldy and rotten fruit to God. You just don't do that. 
It wouldn't have occurred to Abel to kill a, a perfectly good animal and burn it on an altar to God. Abel would have wanted to offer something special and useful to God, just as his brother had. And so Abel would have offered a live firstborn animal from his flock. All right? That, that just makes sense in the text. There's nothing here mentioned about he burnt it on an altar, nothing about him killing it, no mention of blood or anything. All right? The only reason people think, well, maybe not the only reason, we're sort of geared toward thinking that God needs blood. But one reason, I should say, that people think that Abel offered a blood sacrifice is because this phrase in the verse that says, and also it's fat. All right? So he he brought a firstborn and it's fat, and of its fat, or something like that, to, 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 to God. And so people see this phrase, end of its fat, and they think, oh, well, how can you offer fat to God unless you kill it? You know, you're going to take the fatty portions off and burn it on the fire or something like that. And it's a sweet smelling, you know, uh, to, to, to God, this barbecue smell. And, and you know, that obviously means that he must have killed it so that he could offer the fat on the altar. There, you know, the argument is there's no way he could have offered the fat to God unless he killed the animal. Well, here too, the problem is in the translation. The translation is the traitor. Tradition tells us that Abel killed the animal and burned it, uh, but as soon as we get that idea out of our heads, we can then take a fresh look at the text, and we see something completely different when we do that. We get into the Hebrew here. This word for fat, guess what? It's the same exact word used numerous times, over and over and over, in the rest of the Pentateuch and the rest of Scripture even, to refer to rich milk, or even cheese. When the Israelites are about to enter into Canaan, the land flowing with milk and honey, okay, that's a descriptive term saying it's a rich land, right? There's, it's, a, it's a bountiful land. And this, this word for milk there, land flowing with milk and honey, is the same word used here, for what God, what Abel offers, offers to God. And it just makes sense. A newborn lamb, what is it dependent on milk? And why did Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, have flocks? Well, in large part, for their milk. <laughs> so uh, Abel is a shepherd. He's watching over the flocks. What do they have the flocks for? Well, for the wool and for the milk. And so when he sees Cain bring an offering of his fruit, what he produces to God, Abel looks around and says, well... I have animals and I have milk. That's my uh, what I give con- contribute to the family. So I will give some of this to God. That's what he's bringing to God: an animal and some of its rich milk. And uh, that's what that's what Abel offers to God. There's no blood here, no sacrifice. Okay, the word for fat there is best translated as milk, or maybe even cheese. Although I don't know about that. Probably rich milk would be best. All right. And that brings us then to the ultimate question from this text. Why did God respect Abel's offering, but not Cain's? Now, it does get back to attitude. I agree with that third theory. It's about Cain's attitude. And the real question, though, is is what his attitude was. What was wrong with his attitude? Abel's attitude, it seems to me, he had an attitude of gratitude. All right? Uh, He was simply imitating his older brother. He sees his brother bring some fruit from the crops, looks around and says, hey, that's a good idea. 
I want to thank God too for what I have, what I am doing. I'm a far- He's a farmer, so so he's bringing fruit. I can't bring fruit, but I'm a shepherd, so uh, I can bring a, a newborn animal from my flock. And and some of the what we really use the flock for is its milk. I can I can bring milk. All right, that's Abel's attitude. He's thankful, and he's just simply imitating his brother, which is what God made humans to do. There's fine. That's how we live and learn and grow. Imitation is good. Cain's attitude, though, remember, we go back to the previous couple episodes where we looked at why Cain brought fruit to God in the first place. Cain's attitude was not based on gratitude. It was based on religious duty. It was based on religious obligation. Remember, Cain grew up believing that he would rescue, save, deliver his family from their exile from the garden. Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden because they ate God's fruit. God told Eve that a seed would come from her who would fix everything. And Eve believed, the way she named Cain, the first part of Genesis 4, 4, 1, Eve believed that Cain was this deliverer, and Cain grew up believing that. And so when he brings fruit to God... This is an effort to rescue and deliver his family. What we see here then is Cain's offering is a religious attempt to manipulate God. This is the birth of religion here. Cain's offering is not an offering based on relationship. It's a religious offering. It was an attempt to get back, get his family back into God's good graces. What Cain failed to realize is the same thing most religious people fail, fail to realize. In fact, this really is the founding belief of most religious religion anyway, uh, is that he, this is what Cain thought. He, he didn't realize he was in God's good graces already. Okay? Religious people, like Cain, don't realize they're already in God's good graces. They never left. You cannot buy God's forgiveness, even with blood sacrifice. God had already forgiven them for everything. God had already forgiven us for everything. God has already forgiven you for everything. There's nothing Cain had to do, nothing you have to do, in order to buy, merit, or earn God's love, grace, mercy, forgiveness, nothing nothing of that. God has never stopped loving Cain and his family, and he's never stopped loving you. So when Cain gave fruit to God, it was because he was trying to get something from God. And that's why this is the the first and most fundamental religious impulse in Scripture. Right here in Genesis 4, we have the birth of religion. And religion is about trying to do something for God so that God does something in return for you. It's a this for that, a quid pro quo system. I did something bad, so God got angry at me. So if I do something good for God, God will love me again, do something good for me, you know, forgive me, bless me, whatever. Give me good stuff again. And that is a terribly dangerous mindset. It reveals that we don't know the first thing about the heart of God. And that is what God is concerned with when he talks to Cain in the following verses. We'll talk about that next week, but the truth of Scripture to never forget is that God is never angry. He never seeks to punish. 
He never separates himself from us. We separate ourselves from him, but he does not separate himself from us. We'll look at all that next time. This is what God basically says to Cain in the following verses. (laughs) Don't do that. He says, I don't need that. You'll be accepted. Just do what's good. Hmm. The point is this. Look, God doesn't require payment for sin. This is one of the greatest lies of religion. You know, God must be paid off for sin. You know, sin creates some sort of debt between us and God before God can love us and forgive us. You know, uh, he, he must receive payment for the sins we committed, even if it's payment by sending the death of his own, the death of his own son. Uh, great lie right there. Look, God's not some sort of divine mafia leader, you know, he, where he's about to send in his hitman to take us out unless we pay him off. <laughs> but that's often the way religion presents God. And this is not the way God is from the very beginning, and it's definitely not the way Jesus revealed God to us. This is not what Jesus taught us about God. The God revealed in Jesus, and the God revealed all over the place in Scripture, and right here in Genesis 3 and Genesis 4, is a God who always loves, always accepts, always forgives, no matter what what? There is no debt that needs to be paid off, no sacrifice that needs to be made. So Cain's offering was a religious offering based on a misconception of God in which he tried to manipulate God and buy off God. That's what was wrong with Cain's offering. Abel's offering, however, was based on imitation of his older brother. He respected, looked up to his older brother. It was based on gratitude to God, thanks for what God had given to him and allowing the crops to grow, or the, the sheep to grow and to reproduce and the milk. Okay? It was gratitude. He had no religious motive in bringing a sheep or a young uh, firstborn from his flock and, and, and its milk to God. He wasn't trying to get back into God's good graces. He was just saying, hey, God, thank you. He was thankful for what God had given to him, and he wanted to show some of his gratitude by giving back to God. That is why God accepted Abel's offering and not Cain's. And that's the end of the study for today. Now, next time we will begin to see how Cain responded now that his efforts to rescue and deliver his family have been rejected by God. And it's a very interesting study because it's instructive for you and I when we try to manipulate God with religious offerings, with religious actions, with trying to get ourselves back into God's good graces. God doesn't want any of that. Changing our lives begins with recognizing We're already completely loved, accepted, and forgiven, no matter what. Mess up all you want. (laughs) God still loves you and forgives you. Now, there's reasons we shouldn't sin and all that, okay? I can't get into that in today's episode. I do in my, my course, though, the Gospel According to Scripture. In fact, there's a lesson in there, in that course, 
where I say, go ahead and sin all you want. God still forgives you. All right. If that's a challenging idea for you, you might want to take the course, especially that lesson on sin. Why God tells us not to sin. How far grace and mercy and forgiveness extend, which is infinitely. Okay. Uh, If you're also interested more about this whole topic of sacrifices that we talked about today and how God doesn't need sacrifices, blood sacrifices, not even the sacrifice of his own son in order to extend grace, love, mercy, and forgiveness to humanity, I'll be talking a lot more about that in my upcoming course where I look at key words of the gospel. The course isn't ready yet, but I'm madly working on it as fast as I can. Hope to have it available soon. And uh, when, when it is available, you will also be able to take that course for free, especially the lesson on sacrifice deals with what we talked about today. Uh, of course, you have to be part of the hope or love membership levels. The only difference between them is one's a monthly payment and one's an annual. Annual is the best deal. Uh, but the, the hope, lo- hope, hope membership level is only $9 a month. You can learn more about all that and all the benefits to being a member by going to redeeminggod.com slash register. Redeeminggod.com slash register. And again, if you become a member of the hope or love levels, then you get all of my theology courses for free and some extra uh, free ebooks I'm sending out, uh, a bunch of other things as well. You can, you can learn more. Go to redeeminggod.com slash register to get started. And again, uh, join me next week. We look at Genesis 4, 6, and 7, where we finally, finally encounter the first sin in the Bible. You want to see how sin functions, what sin is? Then uh, that is a study you don't want to miss. See you then.